You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're We're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. Mic check, please. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ducks on the Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Jennings. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Brazier. My name is John Gordon. I'll be your host. And I'm your host, Katie Burke. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited Podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you, the DU Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm your host, Mike Brazier, and today we're bringing you an update from the northeastern U.S. with a return guest, Dr. Mike Schumer, Senior Research Associate at State University of New York. And what is it, Mike? Environmental Science and Forestry. Yeah, that's it's always... After, uh, SUNY ESF is how I always say it, but I was like, what does that mean? So there you go. Uh, welcome, Mike. Good to have you. Thanks, Mike, and thanks for having me back. Appreciate it. You are one of our go-tos for information about hunting season update, weather condition updates in the northeastern U.S., and you and I set this episode up, I don't know, two weeks ago maybe, and it turned out to be very fortuitous timing, at least in terms of when we ended up getting it scheduled. It's December 15th right now. We've had some recent weather come through. There is some pretty substantial weather on the horizon, so that's a very exciting thing that we want to talk about with you. But first off, I want to kind of get a recap of your hunting season to date. What have you seen? How did it unfold? And have you been successful? Yeah, I mean, well, success is measured in in different ways, right? So it's been slow, I would say, for me Um, and and, and folks in general. um, We had a very dry summer uh, locally. 
and and that might be true of other portions uh, of the Northeast as well. So we went and we didn't get like lots of times we get a hurricane um, type system that that comes in. Um, it, it can't just hit sideways. It's got to come right up the Mississippi and up the Ohio and in in over the top of us. And early October we'll get a you know a four inch rain event, a six inch rain event. It's always a tropical storm, right? By the time it gets to us. Um, and, you know, I, I hate to say that I look for those things because I know that's um, disastrous for folks to the south, obviously. But for ducks, it creates a massive amount of habitat at just about the right time when they're here. The food's starting to, you know, the, the moist soil plants, um, you know, all those seed producing plants are starting to drop. And uh, we get like this big rain event. And that just never happened. Stuff just kind of kept coming in and, and fizzling and coming in and fizzling. Um, and we never got that big event. And so, you know, we, like we, we get we got our local wood ducks, right? We got our mallards. Um, but the, the other ducks that, that tend to pile up on us, like pintails, um, surprisingly, right? We get on opening day, you can, you can shoot into flocks of 200 pintails in New York, which doesn't sound like a thing, but it, it is. They're not plumed up. They, they look pretty gross, but, <laughs> but they're there. And, you know, gadwall and widgeon and other things. We just didn't get those other ducks to a large degree. So it was a pretty slow start. And I bow hunt a lot and, and deer hunt October, November. And I sat in the deer stand at 70 degrees lots of times, right? So these there just wasn't a lot of ducky weather either. Um, you know, you could go, you could get your two mallards, right? Like, so this is a thing. If for those folks listening to us from elsewhere, you know, we're, we're sitting at two mallards. I think we're moving out of that. I, I applaud folks for the, the efforts they've gone through to, um, I'd say, finally um, get us to a point where we're, hopefully back to a, a larger bag on, um, you know, 25% of our bag in the, in the Atlantic flyway is, is mallards. It's, it's a huge deal. Um, so you could shoot your two mallards, but lots of days, that's all you saw, you know? So for me, um, I took an over under 20 gauge, you know, um, packed light, found a spot I could shoot two mallards, went in, got my birds, um, got out and, you know, dogs were a little bored. I would say this year, um, pretty quick hunts, um, you know, but, uh, you know, our pace over here in the East relative to other places uh, is often slower, but it's, it's still a good duck hunt. So it's been a, it's been a good season. It's been light. It's been warm. It's been slow until recently. And, you know, I'm looking at like a six to nine inch snow right now in central New York coming. Um, so we're going to move ducks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's pretty, that, that's good to hear. I guess good to hear that, that you're, you've got some movement on the way. I wanted to ask you a question a little bit kind of back in what you said, pintails uh, in New York. You're in the western part of the state, right? Uh, right in the middle. In the middle? Kind of, right? So Syracuse region, uh, Finger Lakes. Yep, yep, just south of Lake Ontario. I had a guy ask me recently about pintails on the east coast and where they likely originated. And my memory was a bit fuzzy. I think I gave an answer like, well, chances are a good number of those, good percentage of those will have in fact originated from the prairies, but something made me think that there's been some increasing pintail numbers in maybe portions of eastern Canada, maybe up around the Hudson Bay or something. What do you know about that? The pintails that y'all would get on the in the Atlantic Flyway, what do we understand about their origin? Yeah, Mike, so I think this is this is a great question, and it's something in our lab at ESF that we're really trying to work on. And it's not easy. <clears throat> we probably generate more ducks out of Quebec um, than, than what we know about, right? 
it's, you know, as soon as you get uh, out of the ag and, you know, into the tree line, into the boreal, I mean, there's the amount of water there is spectacular. Um, the quality of it relative to the prairies, right? So how many ducklings uh, per hen can be produced there is, is probably lower. Um, but if there's one pair of pintails per 20 square miles, that's still a ton of pintails. So there's likelihood that they're there. Um, folks that fly it with Fish and Wildlife Service, they don't see a lot. But Hudson Bay Lowlands, even up to Ungava Bay and places, there's, there's a lot of birds there. Um, so we're trying to get a handle on that through non-traditional methods because it's not like the prairies where you can drive a truck up or you know, do a lot of the type of work we've done on the prairies. We'll make the prairies a fantastic place for researchers too. Is There's a lot you can do with it. So I do continue to think that a lot of our birds come out of the east and we're trying to find really novel ways to test that question. Um, I will say this though, right? And it's, it's confounded with our dry. As I said, we just didn't see those birds as much this year. Mostly maybe they didn't stop here. They moved through and went towards the Chesapeake Bay. But, you know, duck numbers are down and then we didn't see as many of those birds. So it gets me thinking that, yeah, I mean, we know we're getting prairie birds, right? But that, that you know, that angle of coming out of the prairies, you know, I could see a Manitoba bird. I can see a Western Ontario bird, but an Alberta bird, a Saskatchewan bird to come all the way to central New York seems, you know, for some species a stretch. The canvasbacks, the redheads make that flight across the continent, across the glacial lakes and, and, and through the Great Lakes and into the Chesapeake. Um, but yeah, it's a good question. And I would say at this point, we don't know. And it would be, it would be good to know because I think there might be more um, need and effort in, in Quebec than what we've, what we've done in the past. The gentleman that asked me that question, I think, was wondering or thinking that they may have been some of the pintails on the East Coast might have been produced in the Great Lakes. And I'm pretty confident there's not a whole lot of pintail production happening out of the Great Lakes. You've got some of the other dabblers, but it's just not known as a place where pintails are produced. And so I kind of kind of hedged my bets and sort of split the the, the origination in, from the eastern portions of the prairies, as you said, and they may be up there around uh, Hudson Bay Lowlands. So anyway, just a little bit of a tangent there. Uh, explore every now and then those types of things when they come up. But let's go back to the weather. You mentioned that October was warm. And how did how did November, early November unfold for you guys? We, in the, in the Mississippi Flyway, and I know in the Central Flyway as well, right there around Veterans Day weekend, we had a really strong uh, weather system come through and drop temperatures and move birds in a pretty sudden fashion. Did that, did that make a difference for y'all? Did you notice a kind of a movement of birds in response to that? Yeah, we did not. Um, because at that time, you know, if, if, you, if you watch these weather systems, these cold weather systems that come across the west and into the mid-continent, you know, over the Dakotas and down, lots of times at the same time, there's a southerly flow that comes like up the, what, east side of the Mississippi and up the Ohio Valley and at us. And so we just had south winds that whole time. Right, like northwest winds, years with northwest winds, and and that whole bubble of cold that hits the mid continent, we get we get major influxes of birds at times, and those are our prairie birds that show up. We never saw that, right? I think most of those birds pushed right down the mid continent, down the Mississippi, and and you know central and Mississippi flyway to to a large degree. Um, we we never really I didn't I never had a day where I was just jazzed about going out and I'm like I'm going to see birds. I mean we our, our farmhouse here in in kind of central New York kind of swamp country um, sits on a on a pretty major flyway for geese and and it, you know I I will have my truck packed with all my gear and 
try to decide whether I'm going to work in the morning based on the geese I hear fly over. And we just didn't hear birds until, honestly, like in good numbers, like snow geese and things are really starting to move high and coming over like three, four nights ago. Like it's been real, real slow in general for that type of movement. So what type of weather pattern has uh, has greeted y'all here lately? You've got, you said you've got about six to nine inches of snow on the ground outside. Um, maybe some more on the way. I'm not really sure about that, but what has what has changed here in the in the recent past few days and then what's on the immediate horizon let's say for the weekend right so our swamps froze in the last week and you know i tend to be um you know i i hike around a lot i use small watercraft um kayaks canoes and and carry dog stands into places and so those places are done they're, they're completely done. I don't see, you know, with with us at 11 degrees the other night and, you know, I'll, even with, so we the snow I was talking about is just starting. So we're going to have that, you know, six to nine inches now through over, over the weekend and um, some snowy football in Buffalo for sure. But um, coming for Saturday, but uh, the, the, the swamps are frozen. The Finger Lakes, I mean, they... What they're like eight hundred feet deep or whatever, right? They don't they don't freeze. Like you can you you can uh, fish the ice fish the north ends of them, but the rest of it stays open. So folks are hitting creeks and big lakes right now. Um, our shallow lakes are even starting to get some pretty good skim ice on on calm nights. So we're headed into that you know good good cold period. So our puddle ducks, um, our early puddle ducks have been gone for a while. The large majority of them. And you know our our mallards and black ducks are here, but they're hitting they're they're on the big water they're they're out of those those other areas. Um, unfortunately, like you know our diving ducks haven't gotten here. Lake Erie needs to freeze, right? Long Point Bay holds tens of thousands, if not at times hundreds of thousands of diving ducks, and things need to get pretty cold. And when when they leave Long Point Bay and Bay of Quinney and places like that. Uh, Lake St. Clair, they show up on us. So like for us to see cans and start to shoot cans, we need that, that bitter, bitter cold. Um, and we, I'm hoping we get there, right? So those folks get a few days for sure. Yeah, that's something that's a little bit on the horizon. And we're going to talk about that here in a minute. Uh, sort of what the, if you look at out seven or 10 days, the forecasts are showing some very, very frigid temperatures in the mid-continent uh, stretching into the eastern U.S., I think. And so we're going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, we're also going to we're going to take a break right now, do a little sort of mid-episode break. We're going to come back, and I know you're a huge football fan. You've kind of alluded to that already. And so we're going to talk about that, sort of the intersection of, of weather and football. I'm also curious if you're going to be attending that game. But then we're going to kind of wrap up by talking about this major system that it's looking like could could develop uh, here sometime next week. So hang with us, Mike. We'll be right back. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. 
Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Dr. Mike Schumer of State University of New York. We're talking about weather, uh, talking about hunting success, hunting experiences, habitat, and all that kind of stuff in the northeastern U.S. We're going to transition to something a little different and talk about maybe some football here for a moment. Mike, people that follow you, people that are friends with you, uh, know that you are an avid, maybe rabid Buffalo Bills fan. Talk about that. Have you always been a fan of, of Buffalo? How many games do you get to? And do you look forward to weekends like the one we're in now where you get snowy football? Yeah. So, I mean, culturally being a, a Western New Yorker, right? I grew up um, south of Buffalo. The The family farm is is in Eden, New York. Um, my, my grandma, my grandmother, who's now you know, past, uh, grew up in Orchard Park and not too far from where the current stadium is. So culturally it's just in my blood. I grew up, you know, going to the farm for, for Thanksgiving and, um, watching, watching football and, and, you know, regular, I mean, if there was a Bills game on, it was like that, that was what you did that day when you, when you got together with family. Um, I lived through the bad years of four horrible Super Bowls, um, and, uh, you know, so I'm a little jaded and it took me a long time to really, um, dip my toe in it. And then, you know, the disappointment and, and if you've, if anybody follows football, they've watched the bills disappointment of just the, the thing where they're winning a game and then find creative ways to lose it. So there's just like this, you know, apprehension to, to dive all into it. But, uh, you know, I've, I've now bought a Jim Kelly Jersey and I'm starting to go to games every year. I, I only go to a, about a game a year, um. You know, I went to forestry school with some folks. I've got some friends I go to. Uh, we're trying to do one game a year now. Um, it's a mission. I mean, I got up at 5 o'clock to go to the Jets game, and that's the game I went to this year, right? I got up at 5, um, drove to my friend's house, caught a bus at 7.30, got to the game by 10, kickoff was 1. Um, by the time you're on the bus and back home, um, it's, you know, 8 o'clock that night when you're back towards, you know, uh, the Rochester way, which is about halfway between Syracuse and Buffalo. So, you know, games are a mission, but culturally it's a, it's, it's really unique. And yeah, we look forward to the snow. I mean, the, nobody wants a dome, 
right? I wouldn't say nobody wants a dome, but there's a lot of us that don't want a dome um, because there's something about being in the in that stadium in the in the snow, right? Um, they, and and it's you know I don't want to equate this too much to duck hunting. We're on a separate topic, but there's something about you know weather and the duck blind too, right? Um, and so it, it makes the moment lots of times. And I'm pretty sure that, um, you know, the Dolphins were using heaters when they were in uh, Los Angeles and they lost. And so I think we've got their number this Saturday for sure. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. It's always, it's always, it's a notch above, at least in terms of even the enjoyment factor for watching football on TV when there's snow involved for, for some reason. I mean, it's, it's different. It looks more fun, at least from from a spectator perspective. It adds a bit more, um, I guess, uncertainty and adds some more difficulty to to the game, to the execution of plays and things of that nature. And so, yeah, that um, I think everyone this time of year roots for a good game. Uh, in the snow, whether it be Green Bay, Buffalo, or any of those other stadiums and locations where you get that. So um, this this Saturday should be a good one. And I, you know, I'm I would find myself rooting for the Bills in this case. I'm I'm not I'm I'm don't consider myself a fan of either the Bills or the Dolphins, but you kind of have to at least from a underdog perspective, based on the. I guess the, the frustration that Bills fans have experienced here lately, maybe the Dolphins have experienced frustration as well, but but, but anyway, just kind of given some of those lean years you had and some of the frustrations, um, I think it'd be good to, it'd be pretty cool to see the the, the Bills pull that one off and, and then continue on from there. And I know it'd make you happy as well, right? Yeah, it's, you know, the the... I guess the MO of Western New York in general and the, you know, very blue collar um, type folks. I mean, Buffalo's a steel city, like a lot of the, the, you know, old, old Rust Belt cities. And there's always this sense of, you know, we got close, but we never got there. Right. We, 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 we did everything right and still didn't make it. And so, um, you know, culturally for these folks, uh, it, I think it, it, it has a lot of, a lot of meaning. They're, they're crazy fans. Um, but genuinely, you know, good people and would really like to see them, you know, including myself have, you know, as many wins in, in that category as possible. So really, really looking forward to, uh, you know, the rest of the season and, and probably disappointment just because of the past, but, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's optimism with caution there. <laughs> yeah. Understand that. Well, good luck this, this Saturday to the, to all the Bills fans out there. And I guess, you know, to, to be fair, there's Miami Dolphins fans out there listening to this. Well, I hope you all have a um, have an enjoyable game as well. It's probably not going to be possible for both teams to have an enjoyable outcome, but I'll be looking forward to watching that game. So, Mike, I do want to transition and talk a little about sort of the weather that's unfolding or at least projected to come into the mid-continent here, maybe middle of next week. How much have you been keeping an eye on that? I know you're sort of a closet weather, uh, closet meteorologist. Tell us how much you've been following that and what are you expecting? Yeah, I think this is the first time that bubble of cold is, you know, going to move more heavily towards the east for an extended period. It, again, we're we're already out of our early ducks, and you know, this might push some 
uh, some mallards, you know, further south. I mean, there these these lakes they're on now. There's not a lot of food. There's like blown up food. There's some weeds here and there, but it's not like that good shallow, you know, ankle knee deep stuff that they were feeding in before. So, and it's pretty early, right? So I feel like the cold as it locks up shallow bays and things is going to make a a big push of of birds. You know, we're like long-term forecast right now for December to February, which really matters to folks at further south, is still kind of, you know, um, up in the air for the east. I'd say the mid-continent is going to be a nice, more traditional cold winter, probably move birds south even more than it already has. You know, the toss-up now, I would say, is the east, which is, you know, depending upon the different types of weather models you look at, are either, you know, above normal temperatures or near normal. I'm squeaking more towards, you know, near normal. But this, this, you know, it, 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 those, those are averaged out. So, like, if you get one really good cold shot, that can move a lot of birds, and you just can't recover from that. So, you know, for New York, I think we're, you know, we're kind of tightened up. We're buttoned up for a lot of these species that have moved south. So now it's like, can we get them out of Maryland? Right? Can we get them to North Carolina? Can we get them to South Carolina? Can we move birds into those places for the rest of us? Right? Um, and I think that I think the answer is genuinely yes, like better than what we've what we've seen. Um, and I'm not that person usually, right? Like I've done a lot of research on this stuff, and things are getting warmer. You know, like the general trend is that, but there's still variation in that. And I see this year as you know probably I think we're in a better spot than we've been in several years. So it's not often you hear me say that, Mike. We've talked about this a lot, and usually I'm doom and gloom. Like things are warm. It's you know the day after Christmas and. We're covered in ducks and we have open water. Like I, I remember years like Christmas Day where our season's open. I'm shooting ducks on uh, on rivers that are flooding into corn. Um, we don't have that this year. We don't have that one bit. We are much more, you know, what we call hard water, right? <laughs> As ice fishermen, um, we're into hard water season now more so than we have been in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, it has been been interesting to see this to sort of watch this season unfold. The unusual cold spell in early November did what many people thought it would, especially when you couple it with how dry that mid-continent landscape was. It pushed, by all accounts, it pushed birds or caused birds to move south in pretty large numbers and move south pretty far. We heard good reports out of Louisiana, good reports out of some of the coastal areas in in Texas. There's still, well, at least prior to this week and maybe some of the recent Uh, systems that have dropped some water across the landscapes. It was still really dry. I think there are some places that are still, still dry, but that early cold weather did what we kind of expected and hoped it would do. And so now here we are, mid December, it feels like what we're about to get is a really strong reinforcing or reestablishment of some cold weather throughout the mid-continent, potentially spilling into the eastern U.S., and that is hopefully going to be additionally beneficial, as you said, for some of us uh, farther south hunters. So, I'm certainly looking forward to it. I think I'm going to have an opportunity next week to be out in the field doing some hunting, maybe right in advance of that cold weather forecast to reach these latitudes. So, you know, I don't want to, I want, I'm, I'm always the type, Mike, kind of like you that manages my expectations. I don't want to get too excited because when I get too excited, you know, count your chickens before they hatch, you set yourself up for disappointment much more easily. So, uh, but nevertheless, 
I am, in the classic phrase, cautiously optimistic about what we might see here. And, and you're right, though. I've looked at several different models, what they're forecasting, the extent of the cold, uh, the severity of the cold, it's still bouncing around right now across some of those models. So you probably expect that to a bit more noise in that forecast here over the next few days. Yeah, I mean, the 10-day the forecasts nowadays are, are, are pretty good. I mean, people are going to argue against that, but, you know, most of the time those are, those are fairly solid. It's the, you know, I follow a lot of long-term forecasts that tries to use, you know, global atmospheric conditions and things to, to get a sense of what's going on. Because um, I like to plan further out than 10 days. I think we all do, right? Um, and those, those uh, that, that information is, is getting, you know, much, much better. And there's still a lot of noise that occurs. And so I think if you follow your 10-day forecast and, and plan on that, you know, you're in a, a pretty, pretty good spot most of the time. Mike, I think we'll wrap it up here. I believe we've given given people a few things to be excited about here in the eastern U.S. I know we want to connect with you in the near future to talk about some of the research that your lab is doing uh, to continue to unravel some of what may be happening with eastern mallards. You're involved in a lot of different research on, on that particular topic, and so we, we want to reconnect with you on that here, and we'll do so. Um, but for right now, we'll kind of wrap this up. Thank you for being part of the Ducks Unlimited podcast. You're always a great guest, always bring very analytical insight to a situation, to a topic, whether it be ducks and habitat or even football. Appreciated that as well. So good catching up with you, Mike. We'll, we'll talk with you in the near future sometime. Thanks, Mike. Really uh, appreciate everything you do on the podcast and shoot straight. A special thanks to our guest on today's episode, Dr. Mike Schumer with the State University of New York College of Environmental Science and Forestry. We always appreciate when he joins us and shares a lot of great information from the Northeastern U.S. As always, we thank our producer, Chris Isaac, for the great job he does with the podcast. And to you, the listener, we thank you for your time and for your support of wetlands and waterfowl conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And visit www.ducks.org slash dupodcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. Stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com.
Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. The next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit campuswaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation, united by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation, take it outside. 